Welcome to the Fierce Authenticity Podcast, where we're illuminating and dismantling all of the ways supremacy culture has impacted our relationships with ourselves, with source, and with others. Not just the overt ways, like racism, sexism, ageism, alcoholism, and all the other isms, but also the sneaky, cunning ways you wouldn't have thought of, like perfectionism, imposter syndrome, judgment, burnout, the not enoughs, and the hustle to achieve. I'm your hostess, Sharani M. Batuk, and I'm a relationship therapist, leadership development consultant, and author of the book series, Fierce Authenticity. Whether you're a returning listener or you're new here, I want to extend a very warm welcome to you and invite you to connect with me through the Fierce Authenticity newsletter community. If you're ready to rise above an inherited systematic invasion rooted in fear and lack so that you can calm and refocus those energies towards reclaiming a fiercely authentic personal relationship grounded in an abundance and love that is so radiant all your other relationships are elevated with you, then this is the space for you. I invite you to visit www.fierceauthenticity.com slash connect to join me. I'm so excited that you're here. And now let's dive in. Welcome back to the podcast. I really hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode, the conversation I had with Milagros Phillips. As I mentioned, I have been just excitedly putting it out there into the world that I wanted to have Milagros on the podcast as a guest. And so I am beyond excited that I got to have a conversation with her and share that conversation with you last week. It was such a pleasure, and there were so many rich nuggets in that conversation. And quite frankly, if you have not listened to that episode, then please do go back and listen because it is very valuable. And there's a lot of things in our conversation that are applicable to our journey here with fierce authenticity. And so I'm just going to debrief a little bit on that and then also share with you where we're at in terms of the book writing process for my next book, Fierce Authenticity 2.0, Supremacy's Impact on Our Relationships. I think that's where I'll start. First, I want to let you know that we are in our last few days at the time that this recording goes live. We'll have just a few more days left for you to jump in as a pre-publication early supporter of Fierce Authenticity 2.0. That's where you get an opportunity to join me on this movement and to do it pre-publication, which means basically you are supporting the publication of this book whether that be by making a general contribution or making a contribution at $25, which will give you an ebook bundle of both the first book and the second book when it's released, or a $50 autographed hard copy plus 
the ebook bundle or a hundred dollar gold publishing partner where you get two autographed copies plus the ebook bundle plus some extras like joining me and my editor behind the scenes. Now you guys, only publishing partners at the gold, platinum, and diamond levels are going to get access to that special invitation to join me and my editor as she and I meet to go over her thoughts about the manuscript. That is something that most people do not get access to. It is literally you joining me for this private meeting with her. And it's so important because I know that this is a book for our community. This is not a book for me. This is a book for our community. And it's important to me to let the community in behind the scenes, which actually is what today's podcast episode is about as well. But before I go there, I just want you to know that there are so many ways to contribute to the movement. And that is one of them via making a financial contribution. Now, granted, the publication partners, it goes all the way up to diamond level, where for a $500 contribution, you are not only supporting the publication of this book, but you're also going to receive two autographed copies of the book and donate 10 books to a women's organization of your choice. You guys, that's big. And it goes in your name, in your honor. And it's just Again, another way that you step in and you join this fierce authenticity movement to illuminate and dismantle all of the fucked up ways supremacy culture has impacted us and our relationships. And again, it's not just that overt stuff. It's really that quiet, sneaky, subtle stuff. Like when you think that you know what your partner should do or when you try to force your kid to do something, or when you think that you have the answers and the solutions for your friends, or when you're struggling with imposter syndrome, or perfectionism, or the not enoughs, or even feeling disconnected from yourself, from source, and from others. Like, I am telling you, this book gets into all of that. And I'm going to talk about that in this episode. Today is going to be me sharing with you my process of the writing. And before I do, I do want to step back and, you know, just invite you. There's a few days left to join me as a publication partner, as an early supporter of the publication. And you can learn more about that at www.fierceauthenticity.com slash on the journey. So that's where you can find out about that. And I can not wait. And we're going to talk about that, like I said, here in a minute. And first of all, backing up, back to the conversation that Milagros and I had and why it is so important that you listen to it. What Milagros and I talked about was her wheelhouse, which is healing racism. That is her jam. That's what I've been learning. And the thing about it is, though, even though Milagros speaks about it from the perspective of healing racism, what is actually true is that the patterns of racism are the same as the patterns of any other ism, alcoholism, sexism, classism, 
perfectionism. It's all the same pattern. And I can't recall if Milagros and I mentioned that in our conversation, but I know that in some of the other private conversations we've had in some of her workshops and other meetings I've had with her, we've definitely talked about these patterns all being really similar and it coming down really to the ways that we engage with one another. At one point, you know, it's actually really interesting. I was on a deep space of healing and connecting dots and putting things together back in about April, May, when I took Patrice Washington's Command the Stage program, where everything just like started to click into place. Why was I, a relationship therapist and consultant, speaking about racism and supremacy and oppression and all of that other stuff. And that was when I realized, oh yeah, it is because I am here to help illuminate and dismantle how all of this supremacy culture stuff shows up and creates the fuckery that we see in our relationships and how it keeps us all disconnected. And I was in that place and I was in that space and I was thinking about it and I was like, oh my gosh, racism, alcoholism, sexism, like these are all the work of relationships. So in my 12-step recovery program, you know, they always talk about like, this is a disease of relationships. And that's in regards to, you know, the program I'm in. Um, They name what the pattern is and then they say it's a disease of relationships. And I was connecting these dots and I saw the pattern. I was like, oh my God, this supremacy culture stuff shows up in relationships. Like this is the work of relationships. This is the practice of engaging in relationships and and how we engage. What energy are we engaging with? So I had had that realization, literally wrote it in my journal the night before I took Milagros's two-day race healing um, intensive seminar. And in there, she said, racism is the work of relationships or something like that. And I was like, okay, God wink, ding, 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 universal confirmation of exactly what I had just written about, that all of this ism stuff is the work of relationships. And the reason I'm bringing that back into this conversation right now is because Milagros's jam is racism. That is her specialty, her expertise. And for me, I am taking that beyond racism. That's a very important, very valuable, very pertinent subject that we need to be looking at. And it's also important that for me to zoom out and take it as a bigger, broader picture. Earlier today, at the time I'm recording this podcast episode, I was interviewed by Dr. Liliana Garcia for her podcast, her new one that she has coming out. And we were talking about this work of relationships. And we were talking about how it is so important for us to look at racism and address that. But really, my work and my superpower is to go back, zoom out, look at the bigger picture and take it all the way back to where it originally began, which is what brings me to what I want to share with you today. 
as I was working on the book, because I've been working on the manuscript and there have been times that I really, really struggled in the writing and especially chapter two, you guys, chapter two is where I go back and take you 7,000 years through time back to where the original fuckery in our relationship started. I call them the relationship ruptures, like where that original rupture occurred in our relationships. And literally everything in my body, every time I sat with that question and have been sitting with that question for almost two years now, everything in me said, ancient Sumerian civilization. And so that's what I did. I went back and I started to do research on ancient Sumer and all of the different timelines, like what happened? What was it like? Or at least what do historians know today? And it was just so powerful for me because my superpower is to be able to see certain things in our relationships and connect the dots and put the pattern together. And it was so like I could see exactly where all these different things set up and led to that original relational rupture, which I share about in chapter two of the book. And basically, it is when there was the original misuse or abuse of power. In another way, when one person or group of people, or us today, when we tried to usurp the power the personal power and sovereignty of another and try to exert control over them. That is the original relational rupture. That is where it all began. And you know what, guys? The first recorded war in history happened when there was infighting between the city-states of Sumer fighting over land rights and water rights. And I want to pause and just let that sink in. Five to 7,000 years ago, people were fighting over the same thing. There were wars about the same thing. What we see now is not new. It's not some novel concept or some novel idea. It really is about how these patterns continue to repeat themselves through time. You can look at a microcosm and you can look at that small point and moment in time. But when that moment in time replicates a previous moment in time, which replicates a previous moment in time, which replicates a previous moment in time, it's important for us to zoom all the way back and see where did this even come from in the first place? According to my research, I was pretty much right that way back in ancient Sumerian civilization is where we started to see the very first relational ruptures, the very first abuses and misuses of power, the very first instances in which one person or group of people attempted to exert power, domination, and control over another group of persons. 
And the thing is, that never got resolved. It never got healed. It continued to go through the generations. And if you listened to the review episode, Intergenerational Trauma, and the review episode of The Nervous System, you will know that we pass these experiences on. It lives in our bodies. It lives in our cellular memory. It lives in the way our DNA genes express themselves. That is how all of this lives in our brain and our bodies. And so when we say that all this started 7,000 years ago, and because of the fact that it was never addressed is why we see it worse and worse and worse. Like we've only been looking at symptoms. We haven't been looking at the cause. I don't know how many of you live in a state where there's a Kaiser Permanente, but it's kind of like that. Kaiser, they're really great. And actually, most Western medicine is really great at looking at symptoms and addressing symptoms. And I'm not going to lie, even mental health, uh, because of the mental health industrial complex and the Eurocentricity of mental health services, it is very symptom focused. And People don't often go all the way back to the root of where did this come from. And so that's why when I wrote chapter two, it was so difficult. Chapter two literally was one of the hardest chapters in this entire book to write. And I kept feeling blocked. And literally, as I was doing the research and digging further and seeing the patterns and then tracing it across time, going to the transatlantic slave trade that started with Euro colonization, reading the history that that wasn't the first time people were enslaved, that their rights were taken from them, they were treated as not human, granted, in because of Euro colonization and white body supremacy that came from that, yes, black bodied people and black and brown bodied people and actually black, brown, indigenous, Asian, and all other bodies of culture have experienced uh, oppression at the hands of white body supremacy culture. And that all occurred at that point where they did not, they meaning Europeans, in particular Christian and Catholic Europeans, and I talk about all this in the book, you guys, but where they did not believe, I mean, they were property. People that were not European and Christian were not considered human. And that's where this started. And as I was reading and Uh, And doing the research and as I was writing and I was struggling with writer's block, like literally there were moments where I was in tears. I was crying. I was reading the information. And a lot of this stuff I already knew. I was literally just going to find the sources. Um, So I had sources to cite, make sure I was doing my fact checking, making sure that things are that I'm sharing are accurate. And Literally, I found myself crying at several points and I 
I recognized that some of those tears were literally the frozen feelings thawing out, the frozen feelings of pain and hurt and trauma and suffering over 7,000 years that lives in my brain, my body, my cellular memory today as a result of the transgenerational, intergenerational transmission of trauma and the way our genes expression changes as a result of what we know from epigenetics. And it is truly so powerful to sit there and be in the process and and to understand it. And I'm so glad that I recognized at one point, like, wow, this is hard. This chapter in particular is so hard to write because I'm doing a lot of processing, feeling the feelings, going through the emotions, feeling the suffering of humanity over these last 7,000 years. And that is what made it so painful and so hard and why I had to surrender to the process. And of course, there came a point where I realized not only was it hard because I was feeling a lot and processing a lot of emotions through the whole thing, but also that I was trying to figure it out and make sense of it all instead of letting my higher power lead. And so I recognized that and I literally sat, I got quiet, I connected to my higher power, I realized what was going on, I course corrected and I said, oh, hey God, I'm trying to take the lead, I'm trying to think that I'm the one that's in charge and no wonder this isn't going so well right now. I am going to step back and I am going to let you come back and take the lead because this is your book. This isn't my book. This is your book, God. And I am simply here to bring this message through. I am simply here to bring these words through. And as soon as I did that and I got right with myself and with God, no joke, the rest of chapter two wrote itself so easily, so beautifully, so flawlessly. And it was just like, wow. And this is what happens when I step back, when I recognize that supremacy culture's conditioning is running the show, is driving the bus, is steering the boat, however you want to call it. When I recognize that, is flying the plane. <laughs> and when I recognize that, that's when I get an opportunity to just pause, to breathe, to connect, to see what I'm doing, to recognize the pattern that's happening and to step back and course correct and allow my higher power to take the lead again so that these divine messages can come through and then everything runs so smoothly. And that is this work, you guys. This is the practice of fierce authenticity. This is what fierce authenticity 2.0 looks like. And I'm so excited that I had an opportunity to share this part, like a very deep, vulnerable, intimate part of the book writing process with you. And so 
I invite you to visit www.fierceauthenticity.com slash on the journey to learn how you can get in as an early supporter of the movement. And if it's already beyond uh, September 27th of 2021, then you can head to my main website, www.sharanimbatuk.com, and where you can learn more about the Fierce Authenticity Movement, this book, my previous book, and learn how you can purchase a copy. And of course, I hope that you continue coming back and listening to the podcast where I'm sharing in real time these messages with you. So thank you again so much for being with me. And I look forward to being with you again next week. Take really good care. And until we meet again, I want to take a moment to honor and acknowledge the amazing support team that helps make this podcast possible for you. Starting with Diego Velazquez, our podcast editor and the talented artist who created our custom music. Ana Olvina, my wonderful assistant who creates all of our beautiful graphics and the transcript of every episode, which you can find over at www.fierceauthenticity.com. Biana Sandich, who writes our amazing show notes and does it so well that I bet you couldn't tell it wasn't me. The talented Jillian at Epoxy Studios, whose photography is our cover art and pretty much every other curated image that you see of me on social media. My husband, who puts up with me when it's 11.30 p.m. on a Sunday night and I'm like, hey babe, I gotta record a podcast episode. Like, right now. Is that okay? My higher power, whose divine wisdom flows through me to bring these messages to you. And last but not least, I want to thank you, my listener, so much for listening in. If you'd like to join the podcast support team, some ways you can do so are by rating and reviewing the podcast, sharing it with everyone you know, and, if possible, making a financial contribution through the link in the show notes so that you, too, can be part of the team elevating this podcast and making it possible to bring to other listeners like you. I'm sending you so much love, and we will be together again soon.